Islam, and I am your host of A Pen and a Napkin Podcast, a weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to Foundation Friday number 52, and today we are going to talk about pregame, halftime, and postgame procedures and some things that uh, you could possibly think about to add to your repertoire. Again, I'd be curious to know what you guys do and what I could do better. Uh, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Would love to hear your thoughts or ideas or hit us up on the Twitter handle, a pen and a napkin. Uh, but let's start with pregame. First thing is you got to make sure you got all your stuff lined up. So uh, you got your scorebooks, uh, you've got your scouting report with you, uh, you've got your towels, you've got your iPad to keep stats. If you're on huddle, uh, huddle assist, you don't have to worry about the stats. Uh, you've got your marker board, you've got markers, you've got extra markers, uh, you've got your basketballs, everything that you think is essential, your water bottles this year, make sure everybody's got their own water bottle. Uh, whatever you deem to be essential for the function of your team for a ball game, make sure that you have all of that stuff out with you and especially on the bus if you're going on a away trip. So uh, we tell our kids on a JV game that we want our JV kids at the gym an hour before tip-off, getting ready to go. So if the JV game is at 5 o'clock, be there at 4 o'clock. You should be in the locker room starting getting ready, starting to get ready, starting to get focused, so forth and so on. Our varsity kids that are not suiting up for the JV game, we expect them to be in the bleachers by the tip of the JV game. That was that is our steadfast rule. Um, if we have a road trip, especially like on a Saturday, uh, we want our players to be at the gym about a half hour before the bus is scheduled to leave. Now, what we're going to do this year is is we're going to have uh, a short shoot around and and walk through for about 20 to 30 minutes. Uh, so let's say the bus is leaving at one o'clock in the afternoon. We want our kids to be there and ready to go at about 12:15. We'll walk through for about a half hour, get some shots up, do this and that, and then give them about 15 minutes to take care of any last minute details and then jump on the bus and be ready to go. Um, we want our varsity kids to go into the locker room at the beginning of the third quarter of the JV game. And the third quarter is their time. It is their time to get ready, to uh, hang out, uh, to do whatever they want to do as a team that will hopefully start moving them again towards putting them in a place to be mentally and physically ready to play. Uh, if they listen to music, that's great. I don't care, personally. Uh, I think that's I think that's good to do. However, uh, we want it to be music that's on uh, a speaker of some sort. We don't want anybody on uh, headphones or anything like that. That is one little thing. I, you know, we want them to get ready together, not as individuals. I will be coming in around the beginning of the fourth quarter of the JV game. Uh, at that point, kind of the uh, the the loosey goosiness of the locker room. Uh, stops at that point, and I start writing my stuff up on the board. Uh, what we're going to do this year is we're going to have some sort of theme song, some sort of song that's, okay, this is go time. Uh, we're ready to go here. Uh, let's get locked in, and we're going to take two, three minutes and have everybody kind of look at their scouting reports, go over the information that they have that we've discussed the day before, and get locked in. And then I'll say some things for just a few minutes, not very long. 
just some major themes for the game, the stuff, the, the the important things that we need to talk about, and and then until the JV game is over with, we just kind of all, all find our own space. You know, the kids will stay together. Uh, I've got my own plans as far as just my own mental preparation, uh, maybe some breathing techniques to to find the right mental place to be at before the game, and and then once the JV horn goes, then it's time to go out and get our warm up going. Uh, you have a 20-minute warm-up. If, if you play uh, 25 games this year, and we'd all be very blessed if we've got 25 games in. That's, that's all on the high side. So let's say 20, and I'm going to do that because it's simple math and I teach history. Uh, that's 400 minutes of warm-up that you have for the season. Uh, 400 minutes, if you practice approximately 100 minutes every day, that's four extra practices that you have to get better during your pregame warm-up. And I think that is something that you emphasize to your team that the pregame warm-up is not only to get you ready to go for that competition that evening, but it is also an opportunity to get better. And if we add all this up, that's four extra practices that we're going to have throughout the season just in pregame warm-up to work on non-contact fundamentals and simple drills and things that we do a lot of. Whatever your pregame warm-up is, I encourage you to at least once before your first game and maybe even twice before your first game to go through your pregame warm-up to find that right mental place. Uh, we are going to do that, I believe, tomorrow. Or Well, you're listening to this podcast. I'm recording it Thursday morning on Thanksgiving morning. Uh, we're going to do it tomorrow night during our practice. And then our first game is next Thursday. We will probably do it again next Wednesday to go through it one more time before we do it for real on Thursday night. And that's just a way to kind of also uh, take the butterflies, the nervousness, and kind of go through that. Okay, this is the third time we've done this before we get through our first game here. What is your bench organization and your assistant coach's responsibilities going to be? And again, that decide, that depends on the, the size of your, your staff and what your personal philosophies are. Uh, I definitely have at least one coach that keeps track of our fouls, their fouls, both team and individually, uh, free throw attempts, free throw makes, and timeouts. Uh, that is, you know, we want that and we want that done by hand. We want that uh, right in front of us. And I know who to go to to say, hey, it's it's there's four minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. How many timeouts do I have? How many timeouts do they have? All right. Where are we at bonus situation? Just boom, boom, boom. And we're ready to go with that. Uh, we have a hustle chart that we keep track of that we'll be keeping track of. Uh, just things like uh, screens that lead to scores, uh, lane touches, uh, offensive rebounds, tips, taking charges. All of those type of, of scores that we want to emphasize. Uh, you may want to have an assistant coach that keeps track of certain game goals that you have for that individual game. For example, if you've uh, if if you're a guy that wants to get out into the passing lanes, how many tips do we have at halftime? How many tips do we have at the end of the game? Uh, how many, uh, if, if there's a player on the other team that you want to limit their touches, how many touches did number 10 get uh, for the other team? Uh, maybe it's offensive rebounds as a pet uh, statistic of yours. Maybe it's transition points and, and how are we doing in transition? All of those type of things. Again, that depends on your philosophy and what you want to keep track of. Um, timeouts. I think it's important to rehearse timeouts and timeout organization. How do you want to organize your timeouts? Those 60 seconds, those 30 to 60 seconds, are they go very, very quickly. And you have to make sure that you have everything down to a T as to what you want to do. I think the first thing is when there's a timeout, you sprint to the bench. Absolutely sprint to the bench. There's no jogging over. It's a sprint to the bench. 
Uh, obviously, if it's a 30-second timeout, you're standing in a 30-second timeout. I encourage you to sit during a full timeout. I want my players to be in front of me left to right. I want my one on my left and then the two, the three, the four, the five in front of me in that order so that I know if I'm talking to, if I need to talk to uh, Mary or Jimmy and I know they're supposed to be the three, that's where they're supposed to be at. When they're sitting down in a full timeout, that's where I want them to be at as well. One, two, three, four, five sitting in front of me in that regard. I think it's important that you talk to your assistant coaches about organization and ideas. Uh, one of the things that, that I did before and it worked out very, very well for us is I essentially only really, really talked to one assistant through the flow of our game. What I told my other assistants is if you have an idea, flow it through Coach Ritz. And Coach Ritz, you know, we were together for eight or nine years, so we knew each other very well. And if, if Jeff thought it was a good idea, then he would flow it to me and I would make the decision as to whether or not I was going to uh, use it or not use it, you know. And I always told him, you know, I'll listen to anything. That doesn't mean I'm going to agree with you. And I think that's important that you, you clarify that with your assistant coaches. Yes, you may have an idea. I may go with it. I may not go with it. Don't limit your ideas, but just understand that I'm not going to do all the ideas that come to me, I've got to make a decision as to what I think is best for the team. And I'm sometimes I'm going to agree with that and we're going to jump into it. And other times I'm not. So you have to keep that in mind. Your halftime procedures. You get to halftime. Um, again, have your players sprint to the locker room. That 10 minutes is going to go very, very quickly. You need to give your players a couple of minutes of downtime in the locker room without yourself in there or any of your coaches. Uh, what we do is we will have... Uh, a couple of dry erase markers in there and the players will write down uh, two things that went well in the first half and two things that we need to do better in the second half. And again, that gets them thinking about what's going on out there on the court. Uh, we only want to, in a perfect world, we want to talk for maybe three minutes or so. You can't give them too much at halftime. Uh, you have time for one major adjustment uh, if you've got a really, really smart team, you might have time for two major adjustments. But for the most part, you're looking, you, you, you have to think in your own mind that there's probably only room for one major adjustment, unless it's something else that you've discussed beforehand, or like I said, you've got an experienced team, uh, so forth and so on. You want to get your players back on the floor with about four minutes left on the halftime clock, and you want them moving, you want them doing something really, really active. A great drill that that we do uh, to start or, or during our halftime warm-up is three-on-three, three, one more. We want to get that blood flowing. We want to get that contact going. Uh, everybody talks about how important the first two to four minutes of the second half is, and then you go, but then you come out at halftime and you maybe you do two line layups, you do something. Now, get that blood flowing, get that ready to go right away before uh, halftime is even over with and so that you're ready to compete at that opening uh, whistle of the second half. Um you get to your post game. Your post game. Uh, first of all, I think it's really important uh, that you clean up your bench. That you leave. This is the phrase that we use with our program. Leave it nicer than what you found it. And we want to pick up any cups, any trash, whatever it may be. Make sure all that stuff is taken care of. Um, let the players go into the locker room and let them decompress for uh, three, four, five minutes. You need that three, four, five minutes to decompress in the hallway. Talk to your coaches about what happened. Uh, that type of stuff. Um, 
and then and then you come in. I think it's important that you have a, a rule of some sort, either. And this is what I prefer, and, I, and I'm a male coaching a female sport. I want my players to stay in uniform until we come into the locker room and we're done talking, just to avoid any awkward situations. Um, but you come back in, uh, you talk briefly with your team, uh, especially if you're upset with that night's performance. The worst thing you can do is to come in and really lay into them after a, a poor performance. I think it's better to really step back, uh, maybe the next day confront them with film, uh, let that marinate a little bit. Uh, usually, just like with any other aspect of life, when you get angry, you are much more likely to say something that you will regret in, uh, instead of something that you really meant. And so uh, I believe it's, I, I can't remember where I got the quote, but like complaining, whining, uh, yelling, screaming, that type of thing. When you do that, uh, it's like throwing up. You feel better, but everybody around you feels worse. And I think that's really, really important when you're addressing your team after the game. And like I said, uh, if things go well, uh, don't talk a whole lot about it. Get through your post game in in two, three, four minutes, and then get the heck out of there. Uh, if things did not go well and you're in a bad place mentally and you, and you're frustrated, I would get out of there even faster, uh, and then address it the next day in practice or 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 something along those lines. So, this has been Foundation Friday number fifty two. Uh, game day procedures, pregame, halftime. Post game, I hope this is something that uh, has, you know, has helped out uh, folks out there. Uh, just some ideas that I've used over the years, and there's there's more to what we're going to do this year. Uh, but I don't want to go any further into that right now. We're going to experiment with some things. I'll let you know how it goes. So, uh, if you're listening, uh, thanks for listening. You're listening on iTunes or SoundCloud. Like, rate, review, give us five stars. Again, the whole goal of a pen and a napkin is to help coaches hone their craft. Uh, again, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at penandanapkin at gmail.com. Uh, love hearing from listeners. Uh, some great communication that I have going out there with folks. Uh, follow us on Twitter, a pen and a napkin. Uh, try to put out daily coaching tidbits and information for coaches to follow there. And, you know, just again, it's all about helping other coaches. So, coaches, as always, let's stay safe. Let's pray for peace. It's Thanksgiving weekend. Let's give thanks that we are so blessed, that we are so passionate about something that in the big scheme of things, especially over the last eight or nine months or so, basketball is a pretty minor, minor thing in the big scope of things. So we want to give thanks that we have the ability to be so focused on something that in the big scheme is so minor. So let us give thanks for all of our blessings. And coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.